Hello everyone, Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to our channel on Spotify and the iHeart app. Those are the two best places uh, to get us, but also Amazon Music and Google Podcasts and, and so many others. Uh, get all of the great podcasts that we have at Eau Claire Hometown Media, the all-new uh, food industry podcast uh, that covers the Chippewa Valley food scene, uh, sponsored by the Cranky Buzzard. You've got that. Hey, great conversation in a recent Coffee at the Cottage that talks to the vice president of Quick Trip, Breakfast, Lunch, Dinner, and Now Your Podcasts. Quick Trip, a conversation with the VP on our latest Coffee at the Cottage. And obviously, Talk of the Town with uh, yours truly, giving you your audible chocolate every once in a while. couple times a week, you get your dose of audible chocolate. So one of the things, we got a lot to get to today, of course, and we're going to jump right into this. Uh, one thing we don't do enough of, especially when you've got this hot take society and people really want to get their opinion and then they want to almost make it a full-time job to defend said opinion, even as new information may present itself. The reality is your opinion and your thought and your belief on something should be much more like a flag that moves as opposed to the pole that stays firm. And with that in mind, uh, I think it was last week, we covered the liquor license decision with the Eau Claire City Council. And the Eau Claire City Council elected to go with the good wives over Silly Serrano and uh, Country Jam. And I came on this program and vehemently said, of the three, that's probably the worst choice you could have. And, and it had nothing to do against the good wives, but it was if you, if you take off Country Jam and it's Silly Serrano and it's the good wives and it's six to one and half a dozen to the other and everything's equal, give it to the business that's been around five years as opposed to the one that's been around a few months. Now that line of thinking I still think is, is very accurate, but I had a new way of looking at things a couple days ago. Uh, one of the clients brought it up to me. And then I started talking to a couple other people, and they said, you know what? That's a way of looking at it. So let's jump into this. Remember, Silly Serrano versus the Good Wives, and let's put Country Jam off to the side right now. Though if they had gotten the license, I would have definitely not objected to that. The problem Country Jam has if you're looking for reasons not to give them the license, and I'm not talking about the fact they can simply afford the more expensive version, that should not have factored into anyone's decision, but you and I both know it did, the fact that Country Jam could afford the other class of license. Something small businesses can't. But if you're going to say, hey, Country Jam is moving into a new location and these other spots are already established, I can 
side with that rationale. Okay, so it's Silly Serrano versus the Good Wives. And I say Silly Serrano should have gotten it because they've been in business longer, survived through COVID. They started downtown, made a location work that has been a struggle, and then they have moved to the other location, the old uh, coffee shop. However, Silly Serrano isn't open for dinner. It's not. It's not open for dinner, I believe. The Good Wives is. The Good Wives is a... They're becoming well-known, I think, for a Sunday brunch, but they're becoming the place you go for an evening dinner. And you know, it's not necessarily fancy-fancy, but it's the place where you don't walk in and necessarily a pair of uh, sweatpants and a T-shirt with, with wolf prints on it. You, you, you wear something a little nicer to go to the Good Wives. And maybe you're going to that place to spend a little extra money you're willing to spend a little more sort of thing so the good wives is open for dinner silly serrano is not if anything they're trying to lean more into maybe the breakfast time around their their lunch now silly serrano said getting this liquor license would have allowed them to go to dinner because you'd have margaritas and stuff of that nature you could you could you'd have more of a reason to be open later into the evening, later into the evening for, for later dinners and, and whatnot. But again, the Good Wives already is open for dinner. They're able to serve beer, but they can't serve mixed drinks. So a scenario like this and why maybe people decided to go and vote for the good wives on the city council. And this is what people are maybe hearing. Why some people on the city council decided to go with the good wives. The good wives is already open for dinner. They're already there. They're already trying to make a go of it. Silly Serrano is not. This license would get would make it more feasible for them to do it. But the good wives is already trying. Think of it this way. Does the person waiting in line at the deli counter get the first choice of the ham when it comes out or is the person who's waiting in the car get the first choice both want the ham both are waiting for the ham but the person already in line gets the ham first before the person in the car does the good wives already in line if you will and I actually think the more I I put thought into this the good wives probably is the better choice in that regard. Yes, Silly Serrano's been around longer, but the Good Wives is actually trying to make a go of it right now, and this liquor license will get put to more immediate use as opposed to Silly Serrano, which would then have to start to increase a dinner service that doesn't really exist right now, didn't really exist when they were at their downtown location. Now, you can't force Silly Serrano to open for dinner. If Silly Serrano had gotten this liquor license, they couldn't. there's nothing you can write and say, you must open for dinner. No, if they've been open for lunch, if they've been open you know, to 6 o'clock in the evening, that'd be fine. 
that 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 you don't you can't force them into opening for dinner. The idea is that they would be open later, and that's kind of how they marketed this. But you don't have any assurances of that. And I thought of this. I thought of this because Silly Serrano said, and this is one thing now that makes me kind of turn on Silly Serrano a little bit. Silly Serrano said we could be open for dinner if we had the liquor license because then like Cancun or Azul Tequila and all these other Mexican restaurants in town, they could again, when you're open later, you can have the mixed drinks, namely the margaritas. But the owner, and it's a husband-wife team that owns Silly Serrano, but the, the owner, Sheila, was on one of our podcasts about a year and a half ago. And if you, you really dig through, you can find it on uh, uh, the True Living webpage. Not on our site anymore. I think we've taken it off our site through a refresh. But Sheila was with Nellie Dettinger on our True Living podcast. And a great conversation talking about the restaurant, talking about how they started it, talking about uh, management styles and why they've been successful. And there's a lot of positive out of it. But one of the things almost backhandedly hurts them in this case, in that conversation, and that was a year and a half ago, mind you, she stressed the idea that they liked not being open on the weekends, not being open in the evenings. They were not going to push themselves too much. They had a small staff. It was, of course, at that time, you're really struggling to get staff. And they found, hey, the best thing we can do for staff is you can only pay so much. And a lot of people want time off anyway. People don't want to work weekends. People don't want to work nights. So we'll keep our staff small, have a higher quality. We as a family don't really want to be open on the weekends and the evenings. So at the time, they really hyped up the idea, Sheila did, of, they liked being mostly a lunchtime to early evening sort of spot. And that made a lot of sense, too, with where they were located downtown. And even though you've got a lot more residential downtown, a lot of their business was apparently people that were coming into downtown and in a lunch traffic and that sort of thing. So it made sense. So it made sense. Long story short on all this. I'm not as against the good wives getting it. In that regard, the good wives already is doing. Good wives has the shell in place and this liquor license immediately gets put to use. With Silly Serrano, it's not like they're open till 10 o'clock in the evening. It's not like they're, they're really pushing a dinner service right now so if they got the license it would make it an option for them to do it but what would you do if six months down the road a year down the road maybe they dipped their toe in the dinner service then they pulled back and that sort of thing and you don't want somebody squatting on the license not putting it to the fullest use you already have a few businesses in town that have this license that do the bare minimum. I and mean, you and I know them, the places that are open a couple times a month, they do just the bare minimum, and there's nothing the city can do because they're doing the minimum. 
they're fulfilling what the the license requires. And what I want everybody to get out of this is this. And you're saying, oh, you're flip-flopping. There's nothing wrong with flip-flopping. I'm going to point right in the camera if you're watching on Facebook. That's the problem we have in our society in these extremes. People aren't flexible with their decisions. You're not flexible. Even in the face of new information or another way of thinking, you're not flexible. So I'm okay with the good wives getting in in that regard. Uh, I think it, it the, the tie a bow on it, it goes right back to what we said a month ago when it came out that it was Country Jam, Silly Serrano, and the good wives that wanted this license. All three were fine choices. And think about it, the city council was split. Most times, a city council is unanimous in something, but it was split amongst three. Because all three, you can make very valid arguments that they can have it. All three, you can make valid arguments. And I want to say the same thing now that I said last week. This isn't anything against Silly Serrano, the fact that maybe I'm kind of okay with the good wives getting it. This is nothing against Silly Serrano. If there was another license out there, if they, if they were handing out licenses like candy, there's nothing they've done wrong. But when you have so few, and remember the argument, if you're upset about the number of licenses, it's nothing the city can do. It's nothing the county can do. You got to call your state legislator. Call your state. Don't, don't go complaining to the city council. Speaking of which, boy, we have heard nothing about the city council races, the new city council president and all that. I don't think they're going to have... I was, I was trying to take a gander online. There really isn't anything as far as there being much of a... of races, is there? This spring. It does feel this year. I don't know whether it's that people were burned out or whatnot, but there's not the, the same fire that people have. And of course, what fuels a lot of local races of contention is people being upset and mad about something. And there's not a lot to be mad and upset about. You can be, you know, little issues like this, you can get you kind of going, but they're just little sparks on a match. They're not a bonfire fueling energy, fueling heat at all. I also think deep down, I think last year's school board, uh, the hotly contested school board stuff, I think went a long way towards people realizing people may want some changes here and there, but this is not a widespread revolution people want. Um, we've said it before when it comes to local races. Most times people are okay with keeping things the same. They're, they're open to change. They're open to wanting to put somebody else in to make it a little bit different. But unless there's been massive problems across the board that are not just ideological but actual physical, tangible problems, you know, it's, it's, it's hard for people when they get into that, into that box by themselves to go, yeah, I'll try this other person. Unless they really truly sit back and they go, 
from a local level, remember, where you're not following things on a day-to-day basis, it's hard for people to sit in that room and go, yeah, let's change things. Because they're going to sit and go, well, how bad has my life been the last year and a half? Ah, things are okay. Always remember this too. I always believe this. There's people that around a group of friends will will complain and they'll pound their fists on the table about something, but in in the the on in the honesty of the of the ballot room, the ballot box, they'll they'll vote a different way. So we had something occur up in Chippewa Falls. I want to touch on this uh this this so-called swatting incident. And for those that do not know what swatting is, this occurred at the Chippewa, one of the Chippewa Falls Elementary Schools. What swatting is, and it really has become something in the last few years with live streams and with video game live streams and all that, something for a generation below us, generation or two younger than us. What it is, is people call up police and say hey there's an issue over at such and such place and then the cops have to go to that place to check on the person and it turns out to be a a false thing and there have been some incidents of physical issues violence deaths that have occurred because the police show up ready to go for a fight and it turns out they knock down the door and there's nothing going on it's a it's the equivalency of a the old-fashioned bomb threat, if you will, or yelling fire when there's no fire. That's what it is. And you see it a lot with these live streams where kids will be, you know, they've got these videos where they're playing a video game and people are watching them and people may not like the person playing or whatever, so they call the cops in that person's town to show up to the person's house because they figure out where they're living. And then on the live stream, you see the cops burst in through the door. It's not funny. It's not, it's, 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 it's a very, re, it's, this is not a kind of a gotcha joke scenario. So what they had up in Chippewa Falls was apparently what they're calling a swatting incident. A group of elementary kids called in fake reports to dispatch. And, the more you're hearing about it, the, the, the police had a pretty good inkling right away that it was fake, but you have to treat it very seriously. Kids were laughing, and you know they probably sounded really young, and they probably didn't sound in any type of distress, but you do not want to be the people that are crying wolf. So good job by Matthew Kelm and his squad. They took it very seriously. Now, we follow it a couple days later. I like how the superintendent up, in Chippewa Falls has been handling this. And this is rather sternly, publicly. Kind of wish Matthew Kelm, to the police chief, would have given a more public comment yesterday. He declined public comment. But this is, but I'm okay with what the superintendent Holmes is doing up there. He's been very forceful on the incident, publicly saying this is not right. This is You know, this is not boys being boys, or if there were girls involved, girls being girls. This is not something cute that's okay. Because it is a crying wolf scenario. Now, there won't be any jail time for the kids, and that is right. I'm sure there's disciplinary action that'll happen from the school. And it should be rather firm. I'm not talking about year-long suspensions. 
but a rather firm disciplinary action. Personally, I think a lot of just rattling of the cage sort of disciplinary action. There's, it goes a long way psychologically, the rattling of the cage. The old wait till your father gets home. And ultimately when your father came home, nothing happened. Or, you know, being Italian, when, when mom or grandma would grab the wooden spoon and start shaking it a little bit. Now, you had to be hit by the wooden spoon once when you were younger. But as you got older and they just went and grabbed that wooden spoon, oh my God, you were done. And I think the same thing up here has to take place with this swatting incident. Now, I don't think there's anybody, you know, people will say, what were the kids' parents and all that? Without knowing the whole situation, you don't know what the parents, what what the parents could have done in this situation. And if you're going to say, oh, kids are watching too much screen time, welcome to the world. Now, don't, don't fight it. How do you envelop that in? People watch stuff on their screens for entertainment, for knowledge. You know, my son watches things. That he, he's learning various things online now. It's not just watching stupid videos. How do you envelop it into society? So you don't just blame the parents on this, on this either without knowing deeper into the story. I just think the way they're handling it up in Chippewa Falls right now looks like it's good. You know, be forceful. Not only scare the kids that are involved, but scare other kids as well. That this is not what you can do. You cannot do this. Threats go a long way. Be very serious. Keep this from happening. Uh, On a positive note, uh, I always like to call out in a good way when the schools are doing something like this. Uh, Saw there was a career fair over at DeLong Middle School, and there's one over at South that went on today. Junior Achievement puts this on. I love those things. I know Altoona did one a couple weeks ago. I, I wish we would have more and more of these career fairs in these schools. Get kids thinking about what they want to do what they want to do. No no matter what, you're always going to have the person says, I don't know what I want to do. Well, no, what do you want to do? I'm not saying what job you have to have. What do you want to do? Well, I'd like to, I like to hunt. I like to fish, you know, in this area. Maybe that's something they say. Or I like to play with computers or I want to play video games. All right, how can we somehow map something out so you can do it and even if there's no job specifically for xyz that you want to do how do we help you achieve that we got to do that more often give people something to go towards hope and optimism a goal to work towards we don't do that enough that almost should be a daily thing uh, and then other th- something else we saw here, uh, the, the county board, I haven't talked a lot about the county board, and sometimes that's not a bad thing to not talk a lot about the Eau Claire County Board of Supervisors. Sometimes no news is good news. Uh, the Eau Claire County Board, and we heard this a few months ago, they've now put it into place. They approved an ethical codes and also the mechanism for a review panel to handle disputes. 
among county employees. So now they've got an ethical list here and a review panel in case there is a dispute or a claim that comes up. The review panel, by the way, would make recommendations back to the county board uh, for actions. So, you know, the review board would not be the end-all, be-all. But what you would have is the uh, review panel would make recommendations back to the county board, and then the county board would make the final decisions. Uh, when laws may have been broken, the district attorney would be brought in. Uh, this is the thing, too. This is not going to be a regular thing for the review panel. It's not. There's not going to be a monthly meeting or anything like that. The review panel will meet once coming up soon to select a lead, a chairperson, if you will, and then they would only meet as incidents come up. So there is, in a perfect world, a scenario where they'd meet this one time and never meet again, but likely they will meet once in a while, hopefully not too many times. Uh, we will see. Does this become something that does happen somewhat regularly and we're covering it, or is it something you rarely, if ever, hear them having to get together and it may just be some very minor tit for tat things that come up so that'll be something to uh, keep in mind well that'll do it for today's edition of talk of the town back with you on uh, Tuesday and I do believe Tuesday uh, we will have a I believe Tuesday it'll be a, a taped edition of Talk of the Town. Make sure you check out all of our other great shows here at Eau Claire Hometown Media. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long everybody.